Welcome to the new Earth Architectress, where we'll be exploring together what is an architectress? What is the new Earth? And how is the evolution in consciousness paving the way for your leading role in architecture? I'm your host, Aisha Rose Melody Hassan, and I'm so excited to share with you what's possible when you lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and your divine calling. If you're a woman architect or designer who's hearing a deep call to take your stand as an ancient temple builder of the future, welcome. Now is the time and we are the ones. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the New Earth Architectress podcast. I'm in the middle of a huge mess in my tiny house as I've cleared the other tiny house, which was a huge, uh, just basically we're using it as a depot and it felt so good to, to clear through it all. And I basically took uh, I don't know, let's say uh, 10 square meters of storage, and I've now compacted it into like one and a half square meters with height. <laughs> it's extremely satisfying, extremely satisfying. And my office now is sacrificed. So if you are watching the YouTube, um, you know, the, the laptop may be moving. <laughs> A little bit shaking because uh, I've got my laptop set up on all the 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 winter blankets and sheets and stuff. It's it's you should see it's it's hilarious. Thus is the life of being in transition and having your house under construction. It can get pretty chaotic, pretty crazy, and I am, you know, really. Uh, blessed to have the right tools. I'm thankful, grateful to have the right spiritual energetic tools to help me navigate this situation, navigate the chaos, just like it, the title of the last podcast, which uh, I um, um, led, uh, hosted rather with my amazing a collaborator and colleague Amanda Gates. If you haven't listened to the last episode, you've got to. It's a really long episode, but so worth the listen. Amanda Gates shares all of her amazing feng shui wisdom about how to navigate chaos. Women, it's getting, it's ramping up. It's ramping up. There, uh, the, there's this amazing Schumann resonance that. Um, appeared uh in this the 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 reader let's say the sign the the graph reader of the schumann resonance on june 18th and 19th i believe i'm not an expert in this field but um when you look at the patterns it's like whoa what just happened there something shifted uh just before the the solstice can you feel it i certainly can Today, particularly, there's a lot of wind, the element of air, the, the wind spirits, the, dra the, the, the dragon spirits of wind, um, rather the air dragon is very present today and is clearing and, and churning, churning the energy 
in the atmosphere, in the environment. And I feel that this dragon energy is readying us for the next stages of our evolution, next stages of house construction, next stages of, of walking this earth, uh, next stages of our personal growth, personal development. Uh, today, I want to share or talk about how important it is to be using natural materials, materials of the earth within our house construction. Natural materials connect us with the elements, the element of air, water, earth, and um, fire. Did I say fire? Fire, air, earth, fire, <laughs> air, earth, and water. I'm such a visual person that uh, when I say things, sometimes it doesn't quite land. So I need to see see it with my fingers, <laughs> holding my fingers up right now to count the elements. And of course, there's the mystery, the, the the fifth element where all the elements come out of, which is akasha. Um, some traditions call it ether. So the elements, women. You know, we are in a time where materials, construction materials are um, are more and more expensive to to uh, to build, okay? And um, resources are dwindling. And people are trying to cut corners by creating materials that are like wood, materials that are like metal, materials that are like clay or uh, like plaster, natural lime plaster. And while I think a little bit of the, the, the more synthetic materials are okay to incorporate in, in your house, um, uh, it, it, uh, if you have too many of them, let's say like the, um, the, the uber engineered, like, like vinyl flooring, for example, vinyl or, um, drywall. It, it, the, the materials, uh, don't vibrate at a, at a frequency that will provide you the grounding that you need or your clients need. They won't provide you with the health and well-being. When you come home, you just want to be like, ah, really coming home to yourself, coming home to your original blueprint, coming home to the elements that reside within you, within our human makeup. We are not robots. We are not synthetic. We are not just people or um, beings that are concerned, that are, that are only satisfied with the the visual aesthetics or with being satisfied by the mind. We need our hearts, our lymphatic system, our the meridians flowing through our body, our feet, our organs, our hands, our sense of smell, touch, taste, hearing, uh, sound, 
these the the natural the natural materials like wood clay lime plasters not only do they bring the the health and well-being and balance calibration that is required for a healthy uh, immune system a healthy circulatory system a healthy functioning body uh, which opens the way for better sleep um, clearer thoughts um, just joy peace comfort um, on all levels when when we don't have these natural materials incorporated into the architecture that we create um, what happens is is that your clients or yourself will be somehow buzzing buzzing with um, and and somehow lifted off the earth lifted off the ground hence you know the opposite of being grounded and this causes a lot more stress uh, arguments uh, with family members uh, loved ones community if you're building a community and 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 of course there's the whole issue of toxicity with bringing in materials that have chemicals in them toxic materials in them uh, the other day I was visiting a tiny house with my husband and it had a really cool pop-out element to it that could expand the living room so that you're not in such a long narrow space so during transportation, it is um, in contracted form. And once it's set up on the land, it expands. While the, the layout was quite well done, the materials, oh my God, women, you walk in and it's this waft of toxic materials. And like, and, and you know, <laughs> as if it wasn't enough, they got this kitschy wallpaper on it, right? So what's the adhesive behind the wallpaper um there's you know shelves made out of mdf and you know some kind of a, a veneer that's like fake wood veneer or could have been real wood. no no it was fake and that's what i'm getting for sure i mean everything was some kind of a composite and i didn't feel grounded in it i didn't feel grounded and it's like well what's the point of having a tiny house set up in nature if it's not going to form a dialogue with nature if it's not going to be inspired by nature if you're going to be inspired by nature then you got to start to use the materials from nature and i know we've got to be mindful of what resources we use i mean it's like it's so hard to choose right you know it's like okay if we have the the real marble countertop then we know that it's going to be mined and the mining does cause a lot of harm to Mother Gaia, the nature spirits. And, you know, it's a really tricky one, a really tricky, the, the, you, you know, as architects, we really do have the challenge of, okay, how, like what's this conscious selection of material, making sure that we don't um, produce so much waste on the construction site. I mean, I, our house, is a concrete structure and there's been there have been a lot of conventional materials used and there was so much waste 
and it's a learning um, experience for me. You know, it's like this next time around, no way. Next time around, we can you we can do something with natural foundations, um, and and work with local more local materials to really reduce reduce the the waste. And then on the other hand, I want to share with you that we don't need to be so obsessed with all of this because sometimes it can get to a level of being obsessed with building uh, with ecological materials. And what's also equally as important, um, if not maybe even more in my perspective, is the form of the interior, form of the exterior, the roof, the walls, the proportions of the windows. And are, are these forms somehow uh, expressing the impulse of nature, expressing the, the impulse also of hu our humanity? What do I mean by that? I mean that we there's some movement required uh, some softness, some a feminine spirit, a feminine touch to the the forms of architecture. I think I think from what I'm observing in what we need in terms of the evolution of consciousness is we need forms that support our evolution, forms that support our transformation, and forms that are playful and bring us joy rather than what we've seen from the long line of the Mies van der Rose and the, the Philip Glasses. Um, Philip Glass, I can't believe I just said that. I think that that's a, that's a composer. I was just thinking about the Glass House. What was his name? Okay, women, whoever's watching the YouTube video, add down in the comments below, who built the glass house? I forgot. Philip Glass is, is, a, is a composer. I like love listening to his, his music at a certain time. I should listen to him again. So yeah, the you know, uh, the the more harsh, minimal, really like straight edge, 90 degree gray you know, new, very like almost cold colors, like glass buildings, white, gray, black metal. Um, while I think that those works of architecture were important in terms of bringing purity back to the art. Um, you know, if you think of Rococo, the Rococo era, where it's like gold and frilly things and angels on you know cupids on the facades and there was more and more and more um which i think is pretty wild and awesome in my opinion um but i can you know at a certain point it it starts to get overwhelming and too much and there's too it's too busy there's too much movement uh within the within the architecture and so there was a whole movement. Did it begin with Adolf Loos? If we're thinking more in terms of the Western uh, development of architecture. Um, uh, what was that book he wrote? Something form. Okay, another one. <laughs> 
whoever's watching the YouTube video, add below what was the the famous book that Adolf Loos wrote um, uh, about forms in architecture. So there was a, a revolution, and it was brought to you know, architecture was brought to this kind of the bare bones, the minimal minimal structure. Now. In that process of bringing it to the bare bones, what occurred was, and this is in parallel with man, and I say man, but okay, maybe I'm not so politically correct when I say man's descent into dark matter, man's descent into, uh, or the, the, the thickening of the veil between spirit and matter. Um, humanity's descent into this this the the maya the illusion uh where he thinks or she thinks that uh the physical world is all that exists i'm not saying all the architects who were part of the movement of minimalizing architecture uh, didn't believe spirit i mean i can't speak on behalf of them but it's a it's a it's an outward expression if you watch the 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 evolution of architecture and its forms um it generally it reflects the the collective it reflects where uh humanity is at in terms of their consciousness okay so we came to a point where um spirit the, the architecture was void of spirit okay and I'll, I, I'll give you a more of a concrete example of this not saying that architecture needs to show angels not saying that our, you know that our, we have to paint angels or have angelic sculptures this is not a religious this is i'm not talking about religious kind of spirit but I'm talking about the forces from nature that are in invisible action when it comes to uh, the forces of uh, how the, the tectonics of the architecture work. For example, um, and I believe that Rudolf Steiner talked about this in one of his lectures on architecture, and he talked about the the, what the ancient Greeks could see when they were designing the Corinthian column, the Doric column, the Ionic column, you can see these spirals, right, at the top of the Corinthian column, and the base expands out, right, like the foot. Um, what's occurring is, is not something merely aesthetic. You know, in architecture school, we weren't taught about the inner workings of the forces of nature. We were saying, we were shown and taught that in ancient Greece uh, and, and other eras of architecture, that these were built for beauty. Um, and perhaps going to a certain deeper level about maybe the golden proportion, we learned a bit about that golden proportion and that the proportions of the columns and the temples were a reflection of uh, the human beings proportions okay that's where we start to get a little bit deeper 
But in terms of talking about what was actually going on with the, uh, the forces at play when a beam has a downward pressure on a column and what occurs in that column in order for it to straddle the earth and the sky or the downward, rather, let's say the downward forces of the beam and the upward moving forces of the earth. So if you visualize closing your eyes, bringing uh, in, into your mind's eye an ionic or yeah, an ionic column, right? With a column with an ionic capital and its base, which spreads out and widens as it touches the earth. And of course, the column itself isn't straight. It is slightly expanded in the middle. It's a bit of a curve. And then there's a beam on top. But I really understand that there's a downward moving force and there's the ground below it or, you know, the plinth, the foundation of the temple. And so when there's the downward moving force, what occurs is the downward and the upward moving force from the earth, what occurs is this spiral form. The spiral is not just frilly, frilly aesthetics, fluffy aesthetics, which is what we were taught because we were not connected to spirit. We were not connected to the forces behind nature. And so what you see is these spirals and that's a result of the the force the energy that is produced the path of force that is seen in the invisible realm when there is a downward pushing force and this upward pushing force with the column we can see this when if you have a cappuccino right and the, the barista will create these beautiful spirals. If you, if you move your spoon across the surface of the milk of the cappuccino, right, you're going to start to see some spirals forming on either side of the path. Or if you're smoking a cigarette um, or um, there's smoke coming, you know, from, I don't know, your wood stove or, you know, your wood stove, your chimney, whatever you'll see, yeah, you can even observe how the smoke comes up out from a chimney. Or if you have smoke in the space and you, you put your finger through it in a straight line, like really fast, you will see these spirals forming on either side of it. And the physicists who are really deep spiritual physicists will talk about the torus shape as well and that's like gets really um yeah that starts to get deeper um uh, and also there's this you know there's this uh um there's this you, you could say it's a conspiracy theory uh i'm i'm doing some research about it you know here and there dipping in here and there some of it is feels uh true some of it doesn't but there's this world of Tartaria that they're talking about and how 
you know, that buildings were actually certain buildings from the turn of the century were actually producing free energy, but governments um, closed it, you know, that covered that truth. There was a big cover up about it. And that the, the columns, that the, the proportions and how the columns were distributed in the spaces. And there's particularly, these are the buildings with these domes that have the kind of golden, uh, uh, maybe some of them even copper uh, domes. And they talk about how these buildings used to actually produce energy in the, there, there was a water element in the buildings, some kind of a generator that uh, transmitted the, liqu the liquid, the life water through these buildings and the architecture and its forms were amplifying this free energy and distributing it like as if like they're like power stations, but free energy power stations. A lot of it resonates with me. I'm, I, I still don't know to what degree I feel that those buildings were actually producing free energy at the turn of the century. But I know for sure, for certain in our past, um, you know, our, our times during Hypoberia, Lemuria, I'm not so sure, feels more old than that. Maybe Atlantis. That's something that I would need to go deep on a deep journey with my guides to, uh, to, to tune into what is the truth there. But I know for certain with my heart of hearts that we, humanity, knew at one point in time, very, very many, many, many moons back, like gazillions of years ago, we knew how to harness the force of nature. We knew, knew how to harness the elements. To build temples that emitted and created free energy, generated free energy. And these uh, ingredients, um, the, this science, this technology, this cosmic technology still exists but it's been hidden, hidden from all of us because the powers that were are, uh, you know, they want to control us and they, they want to make sure that the poor stay poor and that they stay rich, right? You've got to pay for electricity, pay for water, pay, pay, pay for all of these resources. So imagine an architecture, women. And I know that some of you are seeing these things too in your visions, this kind of new architecture, the new earth architecture that is generating free energy by, by harnessing the forces of nature. And what we can do is in the first steps, even if it isn't an uber high technology, we can bring the spirit of nature back into our homes, our gardens. Yes, our gardens too. Some people will be like, well, a garden is a garden and it's nature. Well, I've seen plenty of gardens that are devoid of the force of nature, that are devoid of the vital uh, flowing etheric forces that are needed for uh, healthy 
fruits and vegetables to be grown, grown and healthy flowers to bloom and for abundance to flow through. There's a lot of dead gardens, gardens that are just lawns with uh, grass that need to be watered, 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 because it's like this life sucker in a way, these, these, this grass and the lawn. Not against the grass, totally. My, my son's like, mom, where, where am I going to have the grass to play soccer, right? I'm like, go play at school. I want to create a temple here. No, so I noticed that. I'm like, okay, wait a second. Aisha, are you building? Are you building a temple for yourself or are you building something for your family? So I got I to gotta for sure look into some alternatives like uh, cloves, clovers. Clo I, I, I only know the Turkish name, yonja, uh, and different kinds of... Uh, ground coverings that are alter great alternatives to grass that don't require so much water. Ah, oh, yes, keeping the balance, right? As a mother, for all of you mothers out there who know what I'm talking about. I'm at a point where if I can get one room that's working like a temple, you know, just my room, it's a room that I lock, the rest of the house is a mess, right? And you know, why not? Let's 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 create a magazine. Uh, someone someone do this. I'm giving this out for free as an idea. Someone make a magazine that's about real life architecture, real life living, where the house is a mess. You know, especially with families, the house is a mess. You know, <laughs> think about all those like design magazines with like children's rooms. You know, like oh, it looks so perfect. There's like nothing on the floor, you know, they're like up in their little loft reading their book. Oh, come on. Give me a break. Really? Let's make it more real. Let's 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 create beautiful organic architecture with some photography, photography with actual people in it and a mess. Why not? It's a part of the life or maybe there's a, a cyclical like some moments of of what that house of the house looks like when it is actually tidied up and more like ah serene in energy and when it's in chaos the darkness is also important women we can't ignore the darkness can't ignore the darkness within you that's also part of nature the forces of nature the yin and the yang the black and the white and all the grays in between the darkness is a requirement for the gestation of the compost, for the, 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 the biodegradation. Uh, Did I say that correctly? Yeah, the decomposition rather, right? That's death. Life does not exist without death. And there are so many aspects of our culture now, especially in North America, where death is ignored. You know, the elderly are pushed into old age homes. And okay, there are some that are great and that's what they want. That's their choice. But in general, the elderly are not held on a pedestal. They're just visited every once in a while at the elderly home, at the old age homes. That's, that's about respecting the last stages of life and knowing full well that death is existing. Instead of like, 
okay, we're not going to look at it. We're not going to look at our wrinkles. We're not going to look at our sagging breasts. We're going to uh, do plastic surgery. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm someone who's not extreme, you know, maybe a little bit of plastic surgery is okay for some women or men. Um, I respect that as a choice, but what are you doing it to, um, to ignore something, right? Ignore the truth of death. Wow. This is getting into a whole other, um, on a, another path that I didn't expect, but yeah, the, the, you know, bringing the forces of nature, bringing the elements into your home is, um, is going to support you in going back to coming back to yourself, coming back to the true rhythms of your body and regulate your nervous system. Okay. Cause we are so on edge these days. There's so much stress in the air. There's so much panic. Um, you know, everything from the pandemic to climate uh, change, you know, natural disasters to um, the, the digital age, right? Kind of consuming us, like overtaking us, overtaking our children. Expect, you know, the expectations have really risen for how much you uh, should accomplished during the day because of uh, technology because oh well well we can do it because it's fast and we have the technology I have colleagues who are working in our architecture firms right now who are telling me that they get at least 50 emails a day from different builders contractors other project managers the colleagues you know the the other you know colleagues from in-house like just there's so many emails and you just can't keep up I'm also receiving a lot of emails too but um uh, when I heard the, the the amount of number like the numbers that my some of my colleagues are friends are receiving I was like how do you keep up and then what happens is people are actually um uh doing work at nighttime after their children go to bed and some of them don't some of them uh, hide their hours to make it sh seem like they've actually accomplished all that their boss wanted them to accomplish during the day it's disgusting women it's disgusting people are not getting the right health care especially in north uh, in in america in the united states you get very like very little vacation compared to some european countries um and i know that the stress is high in in european um firms as well in um in middle in the middle east as well um so coming back to working and co-creating with nature and the the work that i have birthed the sacred blueprint modality system rather is a system that um, at its core 
fundamental core is to co-create with the spirit of nature, co-create with the spirit of nature on a property. So connecting with the spirit of the land. I've uh, in, in my online course, I take um, the, the participants through all the steps that are required to form a communion with the, with the land, with the spirit of the land very much inspired by um, or very much a remembering rather of the indigenous ways as well. Um, not only indigenous in North America, but indigenous all around the world. The sacred traditions that were once practiced uh, when a, when a building was uh, first visioned and um, started to to get built you know the the land was was consulted first the land was consulted first to find the right energetic zone the right energetic location to build the structure to ensure that it was receiving enough sunlight enough cross breezes i mean all the physical and not only that but that it it, it was located in a zone that um, would be um, healing, would bring vitality and balance. And we have lost that art. The East still carries it through the art of feng shui and uh, other uh, practices like vastu. Um, but it's time to bring it into the contemporary as well and to merge it with your way of doing it rather than memorizing another system. This is what I support women architects and designers uh, with in my one-on-one -on -one mentoring program. Uh, it's a year-long program um, and it's I support these support women in birthing their own modality so that they co-create with nature and their goddess wisdom and their feminine flow and their intuition and their magic in their own way all of you have come with a sacred task all of you have come with a mission and along the way you have um due to out external influences, family, culture, society have uh, gone off track. I went off track. And when I went off track, I was in cr chronic illness mode. And some depression and amnesia. The amnesia was big with me. Like I felt like a ditz most of the time. Like I know it's like such a bad word to say, but really it was like... Um, Yeah, that's just the words weren't flowing, the thoughts weren't flowing. And of course, you know, I've got to be a little, um, uh, I shouldn't be so hard on myself because I was growing. I was at a certain stage of life. I wasn't, you know, at a certain ripening, you could say. Um, but there was a lot of amnesia and uh, the spiritual work, my meditation work, my studies in esoteric studies. Uh, research rather and uh, my training in alchemical energy healing helped me to remember remember the sacred elements within me 
remember that I'm deeply connected to the cosmic forces, deeply connected to the angels, deeply connected to light beings, deeply connected to Mother Gaia and the nature spirits, and that they're all waiting. They're waiting for us. They are waiting for us because I, what I see right now is that we are their hands. We are their hands. And not in the sense that we are marionettes and controlled by them, but they're waiting for us to, to reach out, to connect with them and to bring the breath of life, bring the force of nature, bring the, re the, the remembering of our, our um, powerful past and also powerful future to create with our capacity to create magic, build magic, and build a new society, build new systems where we can um, co-create with other human beings. We're going to need to have these. It's almost like we got need. We need them now. We need to be co-creating now to build the new world because our resources are dwindling. There's more control um, uh, and less of these like sovereign rights. Um, I mean, you could argue that, of course, as well. I mean, there were, you know, I'm not going to go so deep into that, but, you know, uh, during the time of the pandemic, a lot of um, people's rights were taken away from them if they weren't vaccinated. Um, and now we're seeing that the vaccine is causing a lot of health issues and, um, yeah, so there was a constriction there with choice, right? And so I wonder, I wonder what the future holds in terms of our choices and there are a lot of communities who are deliberately building, making plans to have autonomous um, living systems, autonomous, build autonomous communities with even their own currency. Some old, some, there are some eco villages that are already living in this way. Um, I'm not saying that that's my trajectory. Um, I'm just offering that's like one path. You can build the new earth within a suburb by connecting your neighbors and maybe opening up your garden for some kind of a, um, you know, barter or sharing or I don't know, having parties that just bring joy and life and fun to the whole neighborhood. Um, I certainly am envisioning to bring you know, make have fire parties and full moon uh, with my neighbors and with my community in the middle of our little courtyard with our tiny houses. So um, what is that for you? What is that for you? Bringing the life back to, to the neighborhood or, uh, or restructuring society, restructuring the living model completely. I know the children really need it. The children really need 
to be in nature. The children really need to be expressing themselves with nature. So maybe it's about building new centers for children. That's for sure one of my visions. An art center, a music center. Maybe a center for advanced science, right? Spiritual science. Like a, a like the I'm talking about more this um, science and technology that is rooted in spiritual wisdom, so that they can be the inventors of the the future free energy machines, for example. So as I wrap up, women, um, I'll just give you a really basic example. Um, you know, it can be really subtle how you bring nature in. So we've got these tiny houses and, you know, they're built with very thin material. They're, you know, metal structure, which isn't ideal for me. I don't feel totally grounded in it. Um, we've got wood, you know, wood walls and wood floors, which really does bring a lot more life to the space. Our windows are not very good quality. Um, I think they have the vinyl in it too. It's just not the the, the ideal uh, scenario, but that's what um, my husband uh, could manage at a certain time when he purchased them. So the difference is when we go to our house construction, so it's a concrete building. It's a thicker, thicker uh, wall construction with what is called the, I think it's the BIMS block, which is an aerated, uh, volcanic rock with I think some cement mixed with it too um, but it's it's a good sound it's a good heat insulator I'm not so sure about the sound we're gonna have to um, test it out but we've got clay work that are phenomenal uh, women uh, actually there was a man too in the team uh, Asla Tekin and her team in Turkey they did beautiful clay work on the walls and the tadalakt in our bathrooms. And I brought a lot of organic forms in and around the stair and some flowing <laughs> soft lines. And also our builders worked with natural lime plaster on the last plastering finish of the walls. We've got wood floors as well. And when I walk in there, women, and touch those clay walls and the tadalakt, I swear, like, I, co I come back to my center. I come back to my center. I'm so aligned. I've gone through some, I've gone through panic attacks, women. These, have you? I've been, like, I've had heart, like, high rapid heartbeats. Um, I've been very affected with sound, uh, from sound. I've had panic attacks. I, this is all part of this ramping up of the energies. I know it. And there's something about uh, my personal transformation. Could be also early menopause. Um, but when I go through these moments, um, and they can be like pretty intense, um, sometimes the meditation isn't even enough, like just the breathing through it, although I'm, I'm, I'm doing it as well, I go to these walls and they heal me. They heal me. 
and I continue to breathe. I touch them and they ground me. You know, in clay, there's the fire, there's the water, there's the air, there's the earth. There, It's all there. The Tadalakt is not clay, it's the lime plaster, but there's, it's just, it's singing with so much beauty and deliciousness. And so, you know, that's just, that's an example, like, of creating spaces for your clients that are going to support them in grounding, coming back home, aligning. And when you're aligned and when you're grounded, you can make swift project decisions, swift daily decisions with your family. Um, connecting with your family is much more smooth. You know, you're not fighting all the time. If you're in a very highly like harsh and reflective environment, you know, let's say it's metal all over. Metal is also a natural material. You need to bring it in there too. Our, the, our stair guards uh, are metal. Um, we need that as well. But when it's too much of one material, then you start to lose the balance, right? We have a certain amount of metal in us. We have a certain amount of clay in us. I mean, maybe not, yeah, was it carbon or whatever. Earth in us, we have a certain amount of air in us. We have a lot of water in us, right? Um, so when you are at the decision-making table with your clients, I encourage you to, to bring to, um, I encourage you to get them to work with, uh, purchase uh, or build with natural materials. They can be much more costly, especially in North America and Europe. Um, here too, they can be mu they're much more costly, but it's worth it. I recommend having less fancy appliances, less fancy fixtures, like less fancy um, bathroom fixtures or lighting fixtures and put more of the money into the walls and the floors the and the actual the yeah the actual the skin of the building so working with the the nature's forces women is is critical yeah so i always love sharing um, with you. And uh, I'm just so excited about what's possible when more and more women hear the call to speak the voice of Mother Gaia in the way that they practice architecture. You have a power to, to re restore the balance and to finally, once again, acknowledge Mother Gaia and uh, support her in this big birthing process that she's going through, um, this big transformation process that she's going through. It's your transformation process. And if you are hearing the call to cross the threshold from working in a more conventional way and really want to open the way, uh, open the path uh, for a totally unique 
way of expressing yourself and bridging spiritual wisdom with architecture, weaving in the forces of nature with architecture, weaving in the world of energy with architecture, then send me an email through the contact form of the New Earth Architectress uh, website or send me a message via YouTube or social media, um, Instagram or Facebook. Um, and I would be delighted to serve you within these two programs that I have open right now. One is the high touch intensive VIP retreat in the ancient city of Ephesus in Tushkia. It is a three night and two day journey through the ancient temples, uh, including the temple of Artemis. And uh, you get my one-on-one -on -one coaching time to help lay the groundwork for your business structure and your new design modality. And the other offer service that I have open uh, is the one-on-one -on -one mentoring program. And that's a the one-year mentoring program to support you in getting your business off the ground and uh, supporting you with expressing your, your, your vision, your mission to the world and structuring your package of offerings. Uh, and also, of course, the, the base substance, the, the, the base foundation of all of that is your unique modality helping you to craft a modality that is going to bring you so much ease and joy uh, and precision when working with clients and also attracting the ideal clients. There's so many architects out there who are miserable and in like a kind of resentment mode or blame mode, or they're just like, oh, I like, don't like working with this client. Um, why are you working with them? Right? So there's an art, there's a way of attracting, manifesting the money and the clients. Now, you high chances, you know, you're an architect, you're already probably making a good, you are making a good amount of money, but there's just you've reached a plateau. Your soul is wanting more, your soul is wanting more for much less work. Because you're probably depleting yourself. I know it. If you're an architect, you're working at a firm, maybe even running a firm. You, there's something that's got to shift in you because there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing left over for your soul anymore. You're depleted, you're burnt out, you're exhausted, and, uh, and it's just not satisfying you. Um, well, <laughs> the, the laptop was falling. It just scared me. Um, falling off of my big heap of, uh, my heap of blankets, winter blankets. Uh, women, when you when you taste and see and experience the the possibilities on the other side, you are not going to go back. I am now living a life where I am. I get to structure my day how I want. I get to swim in the sea every single day. Um, I get to spend time with my son when he has his school holidays, and I can restructure my my life around that. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm on mission. I'm on purpose. 
and I'm attracting the most incredible clients who love paying me large sums of money for what I do. And I can speak freely about energy and spirit. I used to be hiding. I used to be scared of being ostracized by the architecture community. I'm not scared anymore. I'm in my full goddess flow. My health has improved. Improved? It's like I'm healed. Really? Okay, from some time, okay, okay, I'll be truth moment. From time to time, my hips and my knees are hurting because of the construction and like clearing out everything. So I do need to get back to my yoga. But in, in really, I was going through some pretty intense chronic illnesses. So like what, like the little aches and pains that I'm experiencing now are really nothing in comparison. I want this for you too. I want this for you too. Um, we're at June 27th. This episode will probably be up the next day, June 28th or 29th at the latest. Uh, that leaves you like a couple, a few days to, to apply for the VIP retreat. Um, I'm, there's a limited amount of uh, dates that I can book the, the hotel in Ephesus. So if you're really hearing the call, fill out the application down in the, the description below. And uh, uh, let's, let's get on a call. And for, for women who want to work with me privately and uh, need the coaching to get your, your modality off the ground or to, to birth your, your new design modality, then there's also an application form for the one-on-one -on -one mentoring program uh, in the description below. Or send me a, a personal message. All right. I look forward to serving you and yeah, continue, continue weaving in the forces of nature into your architecture work. The results are, will be, and yeah, the results will be, and I just got tongue tied here, will be magnificent of abundance and health and grounding for your clients. All right, until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the new Earth Architectress. It's my intention to inspire more women architects and designers to come out of hiding and unleash their intuitive powers to lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and their divine calling while making a powerful impact on Earth. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review on iTunes, and share this episode with women who you know are feeling the nudges to take the big leap and bridge spirit with design. You can find out more about me and the New Earth Architect Dress Movement by visiting AishaRoseMelodyHassan.com. Until next time, Gule gule.